I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 304 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, it is time for another Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. These are my favorite episodes to do, and judging by the number of the downloads, I know that you listeners out there are enjoying them as well. Navy SEALs are just an incredible group of men, leaders, and despite everything they've accomplished in their lives, they are just the humblest people that I've ever met in my life. And today's guest is a prime example of that. Retired Navy SEAL Darren McBurnett joins me on the podcast. He is a highly decorated multi-tour combat veteran who is a SEAL platoon leader as well as a senior enlisted advisor. He developed a military freefall course of instruction and has over 6,000 jumps. He was a member of the U.S. Navy parachute team. After 24 years of his Navy SEAL career, he became a motivational speaker, an author, and a photographer. His book, Uncommon Grit, displays incredible photos of Bud's training, which is the most difficult military training on the planet, and one in which Darren himself was an instructor. Darren McBurnett will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Navy SEAL Darren McBurnett was recorded on video and is available to watch on my YouTube channel, First Class Fatherhood. So if you would like to watch the conversation between myself and the Frogman, please visit me on YouTube and hook me up with a subscribe. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And lock it in to First Class Fatherhood for next week. I'll be hitting you guys with three fresh episodes. Each one of them is a banger, including former undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, James Buster Douglas, who knocked out Mike Tyson 30 years ago. Please follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore for all of the other upcoming guest announcements. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with former Navy SEAL Darren McBurnett. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. What's doing, guys? I am humbled and honored to announce that First Class Fatherhood is the winner of the Linda and Richard Iyer Family Is People's Choice Award for podcasting. I cannot say thank you enough to all of you listeners out there who voted. I was nominated alongside some just powerhouse podcasters, including former guest of First Class Fatherhood, Dave Hollis, who alongside of his wife, Rachel Hollis, was nominated for their podcast, Rise Together. Also nominated was Janet Lansbury, Debbie Reber, Jody Moore, Dr. Justin Carlson, Dr. Meg Meeker, Jessica Dahlquist, Heidi and Dave Kozlowski, and Rachel Nielsen. It is inspiring to see the interest in family-centered podcasting, and I'm just proud to be a part of it. I truly think that if we can get back to focusing on our family values, strengthening our family units, and reduce the number of kids growing up without a dad in their life, the majority of the problems that we're seeing in our country would start to dissolve rapidly. I'm Alec Lace. Thanks again for voting for First Class Fatherhood. All right. Uh, joining me now, First Class Father, Darren McBurnett. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on, Alex, man. It's, I know you've been hitting me up for a while, man. So uh, we, we finally made it happen. So I appreciate your persistence, patience, and uh, it's an honor to be here. Thank you, man. Yeah, this is an honor for me as well. Let's start it right here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? Three. I have my oldest son. He's 22. Uh, he's in Pennsylvania. Uh, he's finishing out his um, a degree in uh, uh, physical training, so he wants to be 
and one of the athletic trainers. Um, then I got my oldest daughter. Her name is Trinity. As my son's name is Nick, my oldest daughter is Trinity. She's 19. She's at Fresno State. And then my youngest daughter just turned 17, and she lives with me. And her name is Athena. Wow, very cool. What type of uh, sports or activities were they all into growing up? Well, I my my son he he loved doing the uh, well Spartan races. He loves doing that. Loves doing uh, uh, half marathons and stuff, uh, which is weird. With and uh, not weird, but because uh, I did all that stuff in high school and college, and uh, so he does those. My I got my daughters into running, so we started running them at like. Uh, eight and 10 years old, like doing road races and like half marathons and things like that. And then uh, now uh, my daughter, my daughter still, my oldest daughter still runs, but she does horseback riding and trains horses out in Fresno. My youngest daughter, uh, she doesn't like her running anymore, but uh, she does play tennis. So that keeps her in shape. Yeah. Very impressive. Yeah. You speak about Spartan races. I had the honor of having uh, Joe DeSena on the podcast a, a while back. So that was pretty cool. Oh, if you could, please take a minute here just to hit my, my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. All right. Well, uh, D-Mac Burnett, uh, oh, I can go with, well, I was born in October. No, it's, uh, I won't go that far, way far back. But um, uh, my, my history uh, of me and what I've done is, uh, you, you know, I, I just finished out my 24-year Navy SEAL career. Uh, I, and a lot of people, how I got to that point, And I actually talk about my speeches is like work ethic. You know, I started uh, when I was younger, uh, doing, uh, road races and triathlons. And that's what I enjoyed. I don't know why, you know, you just, you wake up one day and you, I didn't remember my seventh grade teacher, uh, PE teacher that when we still had PE, uh, we have to run around the field. And I think it was equivalent of a mile to start every PE. And I always won those. And then she said, Hey, you should do track across country. So anyway, long story short, I did track. Track led to cross country, cross country led to road races, but road races led to biathlons, biathlons and triathlons. And then I did my first Ironman when I was uh, uh, 17 years old um, and then rolled that over into college, uh, did rowing team, cycling team, uh, water polo team. And then that all led to me joining the Navy after college where I joined in 1993 and then went to uh, went to Bud's in 96. Uh, uh, this is basically going to want to enlist SEAL training. And then after that, I ended up with that SEAL Team 2, SEAL Team 4, 8, uh, and then uh, top free fall school for a while. They did a soap tour, was on the jump team for a little bit. Uh, top free fall, went, uh, finished out with SEAL Team 3, and then uh, retired as a BUDS instructor. So kind of like a, a well-rounded career. Now I'm out. Uh, I was probably the only SEAL ever to be able to authorize to photograph our SEAL training, which led to the book Uncommon Grit. And uh, now I just do public speaking and and I do a lot of golf. <laughs> so it's pretty much my, that's me in a, in a small little compact nutshell. Yeah, it's a very incredible story, Darren. And thank you for your service, of course. And at, at what point, at what point in all this, about how old were you when you first became a dad and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Um, I, I became a dad at Bud's, as a matter of fact. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So that was a, a shocker. We weren't expecting that at all. Uh, so I, you know, I'm in second phase and, you know, my wife at the time, but we, you know, we got divorced now, but we still talk to It's like, it was, we still talk to each other. We're still good friends. Um, we <laughs> had our son coming. So I graduated like literally as soon as, as soon as I graduated, uh, Bud's, he was born. Like we're talking like almost to the T. 
uh, he was born. And so that that was a really shocker because you had to move forward with the career. You're, you just graduated Buds and you got to go to jump school. And then I was a corpsman, which is a medic. So I had to go all the way to Fort Bragg, be there for uh, six months. Actually, we had to go to Fort Benning first for jump school, then Fort Bragg for six months of that, even before I got to SEAL Team 2. So that already was a huge strain. I mean, like, here we are with a uh, with a brand new baby, and I'm like, wow, I just started my career path to be a SEAL. So basically a recipe for disaster, and it was just horrible timing. But, you know, but it, it, it worked out, but it didn't work out, if you know what I mean. So we ended up getting a divorce shortly after that. Uh, and she went home to Pennsylvania, and, and that's where he grew up, and I got to see him. And then uh, later on in my career, uh, got a couple more. It changes you. It, what it does is it really changes you, especially being a SEAL. You still got a job to do. Right? There's still missions out there. You still have to go do it. You know. And then uh, as kids got older, you start realizing that uh, you're, 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 everything you do is high risk. And so you can be gone at any time. Uh, anything during any deployment that you do. And so it really changed my uh, little bit on, on what I was doing and uh, how long I did it for. Of course, you know, I know it sounds crazy. It's like, oh, I, we took a break during uh, my, my, after my 10 year mark and ended up going to uh, teaching free fall school, which is even probably just as dangerous. So then I had going doing, <laughs> sky, doing skydiving six times a day. So but uh, but it, it kept me grounded having the girls. It was it was when you got home, or and then on the weekends you got to spend with them, which was a lot of fun. You know, it's like now we get to, you know, I grew, you know, basically I kind of grew up in the SEAL team, but also grew up with my girls too. So sit home and watch Barbie with them, and you know, getting watch Barney the purple bed, <laughs> things like that, and uh, and so it's uh, it, it, it kept me from doing kind of extreme things too, you know, but. Um, it was uh, I, I, I don't regret it for for one minute. Uh, the things I kind of wish I would have paid a little more attention to was when my son, because he lived in Pennsylvania and I was living all over the country. So I wish I would have been able to see him more. But overall, that's, you know, that's how it is. Yeah, that's wild that you became a dad right at the time. That you yeah. I can only imagine just being that myself and having to work like a couple of overnight shifts and be away from the family. But for you guys to be, you know, so dedicated to what you're doing overseas, life on the line, it's just um, I, it's unimaginable for me. But uh, obviously you had a, a highly decorated uh, career with the teams. What was the genesis of you getting involved in photography? Is that something you were always into as a kid or what spurred that on with you? Well, that was kind of uh, that's a, that's a, a great thing in itself, Alex. Um, I uh, when I taught free fall out in New Arizona, I just I went through the instructor phase, so I was a full on instructor at the time. But I, sometimes I got lucky and I got the first uh, pass of the day, which usually starts at you know we have to get all the jumps in before the wind picks up because it's the desert. No, it picks up about noon or one, and so we start real early. Of course, the students didn't like it because they're up at three fifteen in the morning, you know, but um, but if I got that first pass at five, it was either five ten or five o'clock in the morning or five fifteen, the ramp would open. You know, when you're that first pass, I mean, the desert was gorgeous. I mean, you see, it's just, it's just like you see in any any movie that ramp opening with the CD one thirty, and you just look out and the sun's coming up and everything's like this golden color of uh, orange and vermilion, and it's just it's just beautiful. And I remember looking at it going literally with my student, who's basically you know like shake it's his first jump and i just look at him i'm like man isn't this beautiful look at this you're getting paid to do this this is just gorgeous 
you know, and then of course then I tap him to jump out and he's like looking at me going, what the hell? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I, I thought about that and I'm like, man, I, I remember days like someone should take a picture of this. So usually in the mornings I would like, it's called relaxing your saddle. So I loosen my chest strap, you know, get in my saddle a little bit more and just kind of fly while I'm coming down on a canopy and just, it was really beautiful. So I just decided, it's like, man, I, I said, somebody should take a picture of this. And then I'm like, I guess that somebody will be me. So uh, that's what started it. So I learned how to do photography by Dr. Google. I literally just learned digital photography. I know in one of my last platoons, we had just gotten the Canon and no one knew how to use it at all. We just got, well, it, is it's like, it came in a Pelican case. Is it heavy? Yes. Well, then it's, then it's expensive. Don't do anything with it, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, uh, so I just uh, went on Google a lot. I would take my kids to Barnes and Noble and we'd go to... Uh, let them loose in the kids section and I would be that guy. I'm, I'm that guy, Alex. I'd go over to the digital photography section, read a book, take notes and put it back because I couldn't afford it because at that time, you know, you kind of, you know, you don't really have a lot of money. So I just take notes and then um, anyway, eBayed a lot of things and uh, um, finally came up with my first camera. It was a, a Canon uh, 30D, one lens and one CF card and one downloader and uh, screwed it onto my helmet, uh, modified a lot of things, and um, got it signed off as part of video. And then I just started doing uh, video, video side camera on the top, and just learning as I went. But as I was learning how to do photography, uh, I learned backwards because I didn't have a camera. So, and when you're learning about photography through uh, Google and things like that, you you realize real quick the importance of that it's digital, which means it's all numbers and it's all histograms. And the uh, light ratio is 0 to 255. And so I learned how to do photography backwards. I didn't learn it. It's like a lot of people in photography say, oh, that's a cool picture. You know, I want to take a picture of that. And then they get a camera and start learning. I learned backwards up because I couldn't afford a camera. So I learned the digital darkroom and understood what the digital image is. And uh, learned how to, like, you know, learn you, you need to do your digital darkroom, which is Photoshop. And of course, people like to say, oh, that's Photoshop. It's like, no, it's not Photoshop. Photoshop is your digital darkroom. Just like just like anything else, if you did film, you had to go to your darkroom. Photoshop is your digital darkroom. They got on one, all these other things now. But, you know, that's how I learned. And so that's why my photography looks the way it does, because when I look at a scene or something, I look at it as numbers. I see the numbers. I can see the histogram. I know how to adjust it from there. And, uh, and of course, I learned how to do it skydiving. So that was like my first images were all in the air. So the exposure values changed so rapidly from looking at inside the ramp, coming down, switching over, looking down at the ground on the horizons, they change so much. And that's how I learned. And I really enjoyed it. And that, that's what sparked it. Yeah. And, and the pictures are awesome. And it's, it's incredible the access we have to the photos and videos, but I'm sure it doesn't live up to what it is like to experience it in real time, but it does do a great job I had recently had a professional photographer, uh, Michael Muller, on the podcast here. He's the one, he, just, he he took the famous picture of Kobe Bryant that was put out by Time Magazine. And oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's definitely a craft to learn. But one of the things now, as a dad, we love to take pictures of our kids. The problem that I see now is, like, when I grew up, my mother made, like, the photo albums. We had all these pictures were, like, very well organized. But as a dad, I'm shooting, like, these quick pictures. I'm not categorizing them that well. You as a, as a father, as a family guy, how do you go about taking your pictures? Do you use the old school camera? Are you using the phone like the rest of it? How do you go about doing the family photos? Well, this Alex, you're going to laugh when you hear this, man. My kids 
hate it when I took their pictures. They would always run. They did not want me to take pictures of them whatsoever at any stage of their life, any stage of their life. I couldn't believe it. You know, I'd, I'd be there and I'd get the camera and they both do this, you know, or they're both like that or like dad. And then they just like, oh, it's like, come on, you know? And so, uh, so I, so all my photos, I get up and they're just like candid ones. And finally got to the, to the point. I know it sounds horrible. Now I'm just, I take them on my phone now when they're not looking. I'm like, hey, you know, kind of like that, which is weird because kids love taking pictures of themselves on their phone. They could do it all day long. So, yeah, yeah there's so, – but uh, for me, I have a nice categorized, but it's just getting them to – when I got the professional camera out, I'm like, hey, we're going to do a nice photo, and they're always just like, eh. You know, I'm like, great. Here I'm a professional photographer. It's even – I don't even have photos of me, which is even more weird. Like I try to get people to take photos of me, and they – it's like, uh, it's, it's hard, but, uh, yeah, I, I do categorize what I well, do. Get, I download them from my phone onto, uh, onto a folder. Yeah. And, and Darren, obviously as an eight, you seal very well disciplined individual, but what type of uh, disciplinary uh, were you when it comes to uh, being a dad? Um, see, <laughs> I, cause I had, you know, grew up with my girls. I, I was kind of a softie to be honest with you. You know, you spend all day you're training, you're deploying, you finally come home. And for me, it's probably not a very good dad practice, but I'm like, I couldn't go home and be mean and disciplined to my kids. I just wanted to see them smile and be and have fun. So basically, I spoiled them. I was like, I was a big softie, you know. Uh, um, you, you know, my wife at that time, she was a disciplinarian. Of course, I was a big kid, too, you know. So, <laughs> but... Uh, but I, I I wasn't as much of a disciplinarian as you would think. Uh, I was, you know, I got daddy's little girls, so I kind of spoil them. And so, <laughs> but uh, I just enjoyed being with them, you know. And so I kind of did everything with them, you know. I took them to movies, we went out, we did everything with them. And so I never really, uh, um, never went down the disciplinarian route, which is kind of weird. Which I people would actually think that I would, but I I didn't, you know. <laughs> So, well, I have four kids myself and my youngest is my girl. She's only five now, but I am totally dreading the time where she's going to be old enough to hit that dating scene. You're there. How do you kind of handle that? Navy SEAL, how do you handle your daughters in the dating scene? Nothing beats an American flag made in the USA, right? Well, how about an American flag made in the USA by veterans out of duty-worn fatigues from all branches of the military? That is exactly what you get with Combat Flags. Combat Flags are handcrafted from duty-worn fatigues and offer a tangible piece of freedom to the American people. Each flag is accompanied by a professionally designed and printed card that tells the story of service of a soldier, marine, airman, sailor, or coastie who wore the fatigues used to make the flag. They are the real deal, Dad, so what are you waiting for? Visit CombatFlags.com and use the promo code FATHER, and First Class Fatherhood listeners will save 10% off their purchase. Veteran-owned, American-made. CombatFlags.com, promo code FATHER. I have four kids myself, and my youngest is my girl. She's only five now, but I am totally dreading the time where she's going to be old enough to hit that dating scene. You're there. How do you kind of handle that? Navy SEAL, how do you handle your daughters in the dating scene? Oh, my God. You know, if I can just take them back to when we would watch Scooby-Doo, you know. Remember those? Remember watching Barney? How cool was that? And and that's who resonates is – 
I miss those days because I was the coolest thing on earth, you know, and that was our thing, you know, watching Barney and watching, you know, all the things, watching the Scooby-Doo, watching the Barbie movies, going and watching the next Pixar movie that came out. And that was what I loved doing. Now that they're older, oh, my God. It's like my, my, my oldest daughter went through a harsh transition to the point where she got really – when I would deploy a lot, I was actually overseas for two years straight. And so she got herself in some mischief. And uh, we ended up putting her in a, uh, a private school for her senior year. But now at Fresno, she's like, she went to this cycle. She was like really good and then bad. And then uh, now in college, she's back up again and actually starting to be, you know, professional human being again. But, uh, but she, you know, she'll talk and say, dad, yeah. And she goes, sorry, I wasn't, I miss all those things that we did, you know? And so I'm like, cool. But she's coming around now. My youngest one, she's, uh, She's tough. I'm, I'm telling you, she uh, she totally embraces the the, the the smartphone community. I mean, I, I can't get her off that damn thing to the point we take it away, you know, but uh, it's tough with that. It's 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 the dating. She's starting to date. me. Well, she has a boyfriend now she's had for a while. Um, I'm happy the fact he's athletic. You know, he does cross country. He does tennis. You know, I'm like, well, thank God for that. You know, I mean, if he did, I don't know how I would deal with it. Beyonce. It's like, what? You know, um, so but it's weird, though, because then you start, you know, thinking how you were in high school and stuff. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, and they're like, hey, we're just going to go over here. It's like, I know what you're doing, you know, <laughs> but it's a little bit tougher. So enjoy it now, Alex. Seriously, enjoy it now. Okay. I'm trying to hold on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he, he comes um, up, but he, he knows I'm retired seal and stuff. And so he'll come over and he'll say, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, sir. And I'm like. That's right. And, 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 and he'll say it before. I don't have to correct him. I think the first time I met him, he, shook, he went on his hand. He's like, good, good to meet you, sir. And I'm like, damn it. You know, I have to like him now because he did that. <laughs> well, listen, not all of us are blessed to be able to tell these guys, hey, yeah, I was a former SEAL. So, I mean, at least you got that working for you there. And yeah. I'd be using it if I were you. Yeah it's, yeah, it's my advantage. Thank goodness for that, you know. Uh, and, and getting back here to to your book there, the Uncommon Grit. What what was the reaction of the of the SEAL community? Because I know that there's some uh, some touch and go feelings with a lot of the SEALs. Many of you guys have been putting out books. We benefit greatly from your guys' mindsets. I think it's great that so many SEALs are starting to get involved in politics. Uh, but I know that some people are a little off put by some of the books. What what was the general reaction to you uh, putting out the Uncommon Grit? That kind of gives this uh, inside view of the Buds community. Yeah, it, it was uh, it, it was interesting. Is actually I wasn't going to do it. Uh, the whole story is actually really, really a long not a long story, but a lot of chain of events led to it. Uh, it was like basically four years in the making. But uh, when I finally uh, got done, I had a medical condition. I actually got a pacemaker put in. So I tell everyone I'm kind of like Tony Stark, but without all the money, the abs, uh, the superhero friends. The cool sunglasses and the Ferraris, but other than that, we're the same thing. We got something keeping us alive in our heart, you know. <laughs> but uh, but uh, when I got done, um, just a, a buddy of mine, his name is Captain Smith. Uh, I helped him out shooting active valor scenes uh, uh, years earlier, and uh, it's kind of weird because I was in convalescent leave. Basically, you got to rest because you got a pacemaker put in, and kind of like doing doing that last year being uh, being retired and uh he goes hey i got something for you and i'm like dude i literally have a bad heart with a pacemaker put in <laughs> you know and he's like 
you know, hey, we, we just want to do kind of like this 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 new video that we want to do with some pictures and see if you want to oversee it. You know, it's kind of funny because I, you know, I'm like sitting in my chair, you know, I got my bathrobe on and felt kind of feel like Hugh Hefner just sitting there. I'm, I'm just and then I'm watching reruns of My Name is Earl and I'm like, I don't know. You know, I'm kind of busy right now, which I wasn't. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I did. Went out there and I, I met him. I saw the, the the team that he worked with it was a couple guys, and and they just wanted to basically knew the the Commodore, not the Commodore, but um, the training is like the uh, Spec War uh, Command. Um, kind of wanted a whole new video and outlook on things, and they knew from my video and photography experience over the years. And so I just uh, said, yeah, I'll do it. So I oversaw a little bit of it. And then it's like, hey, why don't you take a couple pictures too and do video? And then I started feeling better and then just started, uh, I was like, well, what do, what do you guys need? Well, we need film of every block of training to include uh, advanced training, all this. And I was like, whoa, that's a huge project. How many, what do you got now? Uh, nothing. And when's this due? <laughs> you know, so... So immediately I jumped on it and uh, it got all my gear and started helping. And then we started doing a lot of video and a lot of things and put it together. And then I took pictures on the side and did kind of like the black and whites, what I started with. And then, um, uh, then it went from there. And then the, the, the thing that makes the whole thing interesting was just the process of getting it. Cause usually when I did photos for a lot of people in that free fall school, you know, you download them, you, you, you turn them in. And it's the same thing we did here is like, we got this command initiated, uh, project actually it was like three commands in, in with it uh, our eight our, uh, uh, our bud center uh, and then um, our advanced training and then um, uh, our uh, silk qualification SQT and so uh, a lot of people involved a lot of jags involved uh, a lot of paos involved and uh, you just took all the photos and you know and then turned then turned them all in and there you go and uh, and all the videos of different departments took them, and then that was kind of it. But you know, for me, it's like I did all my editing at home, and and then uh, as it progressed and got to the end, you know, it was just great leadership that had a vision. And so, but then all the images were released and uh, videos because they put them out and things like that. So that's the, the big thing about images; it has to be released. So I learned a lot about actual rules of photography in the military. You know about, you know, you if it's on a military base, the military owns it. So they have to release them or you have it, uh, which was like, which was, which I kind of knew in a way, but, you know, it's it goes for every base across the country. So, like, even if you go on a base right now, you know, even know what you're doing, you take a picture with your cell phone in front of something, the military technically owns that photograph, you know. So it's kind of crazy how it all works out. But anyway, long story short, we got it done, and um, – and then I just started an Instagram page and the uh, 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 Warcom page started using some of my stuff. And then uh, I just started converting to black and white and things like that. And then I just I started Instagram and then uh, that's where it started. So that's that. I know it's a long story short, but that's kind of like how it all happened. And then uh, and then I started Instagram and it started going. Through. There was McTeams three eight four two with my Instagram. And then I'd post like one a day, and that really started to build traction. And then it, then I then my fans on Instagram would say, hey, you should do a book, you should do a book, and I'm like, I can't even, I don't even have a right. And so and then uh, last year, it was like literally four years, it's like, yeah, well, why not? You know, I'm like, I mean, I looking through my portfolio, I'm like, there's a lot of cool images here. And so that's what started it. 
Um, now going back to your original question, now that we went the long way around to your original question, um, for me personally, I like it when any person in special forces or any person that's been in the military or a first responder or anybody writes a book. I think it's fantastic. And here's why, uh, simply because it gets those stories out. And I love the fact that there are great people that have great stories, you know, and things, things happen to them. I know that I led these in the SEAL community and then we had uh, Dick Marcinko came out with Rogue One. That was kind of like, I mean, that was like kind of like a forefather of, of special warfare books in, in, in my mind, you know, and then uh, nothing came out a long time after that until Marcus and the Lone Survivor came out. And that kind of, that was like trendsetting, you know, to me, but that was a story that like the, this, this, some things went down. I mean, and I'm glad you're sharing it, you know, because that's, because that's what I think, not only us as operators, but uh, what everybody needs. I, I, Love the fact that, that that people can sit down and read these stories. I know that there's people out there that do hard things, you know, and life isn't just about like sitting around on your phone and just, you know, and doing nothing. It's like there's people out there doing great things. And when people do great things, I think it should inspire other people. And when you get inspired by that, then that drives you out to do things. And that's what these stories do. So I love when they come out with books. Um, no one is really that I know up to my face has bashed my book whatsoever because mostly because it's photography so i mean it's just mostly pictures i mean it's, it's basically it's a picture book is what it is um and uh and i write in the beginning about the evolutions from my experiences which was a lot of fun um but i haven't really gotten any negativity to me i haven't seen any blogs anywhere or anything on any news news thing that even when i went on fox and friends and and, and i was with pete and we talked about it i didn't get anything that was like, I can't believe you wrote a book. And then like nothing, you know, I don't, I physically haven't got it. As a matter of fact, everything that I've got has been, is hugely positive. Um, everyone that's hot got it. I even got when like former team guys have got even CEOs of commands, the current commands, like current operators are actually getting the book going to my site. Uh, the biggest thing I like about what Uncommon Grid has done is the youth generation that's coming up that had, that was on my site and on, um, on my Instagram, um, that actually joined the Navy and that, that I got one guy who actually joined the Navy and actually became, he's in second phase right now with SEAL training, you know? And so when you go out and make a difference to me is, is that book made a difference in people's lives? You know, they didn't read really, so They looked at it and got inspired by, by a photo. And in the end, that's what you really want as a photographer is are people inspired by your photos? And that's the biggest gift that I ever achieved with that book is how it inspired people to actually join the military and go in. And uh, I've just the amount of people that have this book is just it's incredible. You know, I got um, <laughs> uh, uh, you, you, see, you see him come in and, you know, Benice Del Toro has one of the books, you know, J uh, John Rich has a book. Uh, uh, the president, Donald Trump has a book. I had Ronnie Jackson come down, get him, Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Jackson one, uh, Scotty Volkert who flies uh, Marine one and, and Donald Trump has one now. And we just, the, the, the amount of people that have this book. It's so it, it's that look at it. And, and especially team guys that have it, retired team guys, guys coming in, CEO of commands. It's like, it's all been so positive. And it's like, well, people are like, you can make another one. I'm like, no, <laughs> now that's it it was uh it's it's been it's been very very positive from my end now i don't know everyone's talking but that's 
that's that's that's what I'm getting, and I'm very grateful for that. What's coming up next for you? I mean, you've had so many accomplishments in your career. Uh, your Navy SEAL career is over now. You're into the photography. What's next for you? What kind of goals or plans do you have for the future? Um, it's 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 you know it's been fantastic, Alex. I'll be honest with you. Uh, getting out, I, there's a great retirement. You know, um, I said I, I became a fundraiser for a charity called Poles of Honor, which is a lot of fun. Uh, meeting a lot of people, just you, you meet great people out there that want to make a difference and uh, also recognize the sacrifice that, that, that the military makes. But not only military, but uh, police officers and firefighters, and first responders make uh, to, 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 it, it takes all of us to, to give us the freedom that we have. And then, uh, of course, I wanted to give back to the fallen operators, make sure that that legacy is continued. Uh, honoring their sacrifice that they made for our country. So we're for them for a while. Then I got, then I started doing public speaking for leading authorities and then mostly on my own now. And then the book came out. And so it's been, uh, it's been a real whirlwind and real busy, but also a lot of fun. And so uh, this year coming up, I'm going to do a podcast with Tenderfoot going over uh, military missions. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I'll probably hit you up on, <laughs> on how to do those, but, uh, and then still more speeches are coming up. And then my, uh, my goals for this year is uh, uh, the big one is I'm going to start my own charity. Um, it's going to be called the Uncommon Grit Foundation. We're working on it right now. Uh, and we want to basically it's the, the thing we're doing is, um, you know, taking care of the few that took care of the many, you know, and that's that's honoring that sacrifice that, that all first responders make. And so it's kind of like a big thing that we want to do. But it's like, hey, there's there's. You know, we got military protects overseas, but then we have people protecting us in their country as well. So that's and they die, too. So we got to make sure everyone out there that that has that uncommon grit characteristic, you know, we'll see what we can to take care of. You know, so that, that that's that's on our big to do list. And hopefully we'll make it happen by the end of the year. Yeah, that's great stuff. Dan. Last thing I want to hit you with here. I'd love to ask all the dads that again on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for the new dad or for the about to be father who's out there listening? Oh boy, the new dad. <laughs> well, that's the, oh, you had to hit me with that one, didn't you, Alex? Oh my gosh. Oh, I, I don't even know if I was a good dad. I hope I was a good dad. The kids are turning out. I mean, but uh, it's I, I tell you what, Alex. Um, it's really, really tough because I have a hard time now trying to deal with the generation that's coming in called the millennial generation and this and that. But they're definitely a different. Uh, mindset than we were growing up. I growing up, you played outside until dark, and then that was it. And you went in and you had three channels to watch: you had ABC, NBC, CBS, or if you're lucky, maybe you got PBS that came in every once in a while. You know, um, and so that generation playing outside, playing with toys, riding bikes, getting skin knees. You know, and growing up, that's that's how I grew up. And then you know, and with my girls, I always did stuff with them outside. And but now as we get older. It's now we have uh, a generation of kids that that we they don't even go outside, you know. And so if my for my advice to new fathers right now is is spend time with them, get them. Don't don't give them this as entertainment because you want to go do something. Get out there and do something with them. Go outside with them. Even if you're tired, you know, go get them in athletics, get them into running, get a, get do something, you know, other than uh, just feeding them a device and being that being a babysitter because that's what's gonna really be i think it's really going to put them on a path that's gonna be hard to recover from that path 
Uh, that's my advice is just get outside and do stuff with them. Make them play outside, make them, you know, climb a damn tree, get outside and experience life, you know, because, you know, it's like, I, I go around all the time. I'm like, Hey, you know, if you don't look up, you're going to miss life. And I mean it by people like this all the time, you know? So why don't you just look up and, and, and experience life? Cause you're going to miss it. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, Darren McBurnett, you are a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on first class fatherhood. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you so much. Uh, love you, man. I, I um, It's an honor and privilege to be here. Uh, thank you so much for everything, brother. Thank you. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Darren McBurnett for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's podcast episode. I always love to read your feedback. Make sure you lock it into First Class Fatherhood next week. I got three fresh episodes coming at you, including the former undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, James Buster Douglas, who knocked out Iron Mike Tyson 30 years ago in Japan. All right, make sure you lock it into my Instagram account at Alec underscore Lace to check out all the other upcoming guest announcements. And again, today's interview was recorded on video and is available on my YouTube channel, First Class Fatherhood. Please hook me up with a subscribe. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. This has been First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are First Class Fathers. Tall as a tree, I saw feelings.